Blog Talk Radio. Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting. With news not heard in the news, the International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys, revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Um, I have a question for you all. What if you were able to live from your largely untapped higher brain, the creative, expansive, confident, healthy, problem-solving, and change-adapting part of your physiology? Would you? Well, I'd say yes. I wouldn't hesitate. In fact, there's no option. Let's do it. Today we'll share (coughs) that there is a new breakthrough that releases a surge of energy into one's largely untapped higher brain that breaks the hold that our survival brain has on us. Our guest, Zach Polspis, is the higher brain living national director of expansion. He'll be at the San Francisco Bayfront Hilton on April the 27th, sharing this extraordinary advancement for those yearning to live a more stress-free life. And it's free for anyone who RSVPs in advance. Paula, I have a huge smile on my face. And to everyone out there, I want you to know, Paula lives above, she lives in Granite Bay above Sacramento, and I'm in San Jose. So we can't see each other physically. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I say when I have a smile on my face, <laughs> I'm letting her know I'm ready for this, Paula. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. I sure am ready also, Taz. This is great news. I'm looking forward to find out how this can happen. Yeah, Zach is that our survival brain literally has etched the destruction patterns that keep us in a stress-driven, often addictive life. But now, by working with this incredible discovery to use more of our untapped brain, we can escape our stress-driven lifestyles we have quietly, that's been quietly been there for probably all our adult life, even our <laughs> child when we were children. So to tap into our higher brain and get rid of the lower brain that is causing a lot of our stress, it's going to be a great pattern to break. Zach, everyone is ready for the results you speak about. We are so excited to share this with our listeners. So welcome to our show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, wow. What a great advancement for humanity's personal development, Zach. This is so huge. But first of all, please tell us how you personally were introduced to the higher brain living process. Well, so I, through the course of my life, my father and I have had a really pretty close relationship. And we had always been uh, deep spiritual kind of questions, answers kind of guys. And so when... He called me in the in the late summer of 2011 and said, I just saw something 
that I have never seen before that I think you just really have to see. And so I took note of that, and I, at the time, was flying around the country selling ant killer, if you can believe that. That's what I was doing as a job. And so so I, I happened to fly to where one of these presentations was happening, and as soon as I saw this technique being done on somebody and this beautiful strange, amazing, involuntary breath and movement response, which we can talk about later, started happening. I immediately um, felt my heart, which I have always known really leads you toward your truth. Even if it's not logical or rational, it knows who you are and what is best for you. Well, my heart basically leapt out of my chest and was like, that's what you need to be doing. Now, mind you, I was not looking for a new career in this presentation. I was just looking for something that was new and innovative that my dad had been talking about. And I also knew that if my heart says something that strongly and leads me that, that firmly in a direction, you can't say no to it. If you do, you end up living no kind of life at all because your heart's just going to keep telling you the same thing and you're going to be fighting against your own heart, which is not fun. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I basically, my brain said no, my heart said yes, and so I basically trumped my brain and I signed up for training and I, and I went to training. And at training, I had the single most profound experience of my entire life through this process. It was an absolute game changer for me, and I now know exactly who I am, where I came from, why I'm here, and what I'm supposed to be doing. And that is the magic of this work is that that part of our own brain, when it lights up, you find that as an individual. You find out who you really authentically are. You find out what you're supposed to be doing, and you actually go start building it and living it, that life of your dreams, so to speak. It's almost like tapping into your soul. Right. Can you uh, explain exactly what uh, the higher brain living is, exactly yes. uh, how it works? Yes. What it is is it's a gentle touch technique done on the body that causes a surge of energy, blood flow, oxygen, and metabolism to go to the prefrontal cortex of the brain. Now, the reason we refer to the prefrontal cortex as the higher brain. So that's through this radio show. When I say higher brain, I mean prefrontal cortex. Now, the reason it's important to light up that part is because that's the part we currently utilize the least right now in humanity, yet it's responsible for our highest states of being and access to the highest states of consciousness that we can access as individuals and collectively as a species. And so people who go through our process of turning on their prefrontal cortex or higher brain over and over over a series of sessions, this leads to permanent sustainable change in their life, which is like the holy grail of personal development, sustainable change. Because we can change people for you know, spans of time, but then those old patterns creep back in and those old habits and they pull us back into the old life we had and the old patterns that we used to play out. Well, that's because the physiology of the brain had not been shifted. Now we have a tool to shift the physiology of the brain 
into the most evolved part of the brain that wants to see our compelling new future and then go create it. The lower it wants to create sameness, but we can go into a little bit more. No, I was watching a video of uh, the uh, higher brain living on their, your uh, actual your website, and it says that there's mm-hmm. a workbook and that you go through yes. so many uh, sessions. And Could you tell our listening uh, audience how many sessions it is and how the workbook works, you know, how you work for the workbook? Yeah, absolutely. So... What higher brain living is, is each session of this gentle touch technique being done on you and feeling your prefrontal cortex turning on lasts about 45 minutes. And there are, so that's one session. With higher brain living, there are 22 of these sessions, and that's not an arbitrary number. That's actually where Dr. Michael Cotton, the founder of this work, found that the vast majority of his clients were attaining permanent sustainable change. And the key there is sustainable Because, unfortunately, in one 45-minute session, we're not going to be able to release the grip of that lower brain fully and completely. That part of the brain has been dominant in humanity for thousands of years and is not going to give up up its hold very quickly. But for 22 sessions, and the average for a client is to come about weekly, so in about 22 weeks, you can get permanent sustainable changes in your life. That's where we've shifted brain dominance enough out of the lower brain into the higher brain where we start to default to that higher brain state. So all through this process, a client has one of our higher brain living guidebooks. And what this is is people who see this, so you saw that video of a session and what that looks like. That What you're seeing is what most likely looks to you like somebody is having a very profound and unique experience. And they, they definitely are. But what we're not about in higher brain living is just creating experience without acting upon that experience to create a new way to do and be in the world. What we have found is that the thing that solidifies change is action upon experience. So what we're doing is putting people into a higher brain state and perspective and consciousness but then they need to apply it through action to their life in order for it to solidify as a new way of being. And so the guidebook is like a mapping system for their entire life where they take this much higher consciousness, clarity, perspective, and they view their entire life and start to hone in where they would like to make changes with the clarity of the higher brain state. So that's what the guidebook comes in how it comes in, and why it's so integral to the process. So is this like um, like you're opening a meridian process? I mean, it's, you know, like a, a tunnel, a, a pathway? That's a good question. Um, when people see this being done on somebody, there are some sites on the body that have been used in a lot of different modalities. And the best way to explain this is, Can we all agree, and I think we will, that there's a latent energy source in the human body that's been known about for thousands of years? And they've called it different things like prana or ki or chi or kundalini energy or energy meridians, things like that. And there's been various modalities that have been utilizing this in different ways, such as acupuncture, cranial sacral, things like that. 
Well, we at Higher Brain Living are actually working with this innate energy source that is in our body. And what we have found and what makes us a little different is that this energy system is actually made up of connective tissues and fats or collagen. And certain sites on the body are very dense with this connective tissue and this collagen. And when we, the thing that's very interesting about the connective tissue is it's Dr. James Oshman's work on this entire connective tissue system that found that it's piezoelectric, which means when it's compressed or stretched in just the right way, it creates large electrical fields. And so what we are doing through our touch process is a very specific kind of touch that causes just slight pressure and stretching of this connective tissue, which then causes a large electrical field to grow within it in the body. Then through our patterning and our process, it causes that growing electrical field to go directly to the prefrontal cortex, lighting it up. So that's really what's happening and how this is working from a more scientific perspective. Well, when I was watching the video, it was really a light touch. I mean, it looked like uh, the practitioner was just barely touching the body, which created the whole body to uh, wave. Yes. That's the interesting thing is that the touch itself, a lot of people think you would need to do firmer touch or a certain. You don't need much. It's a very specific lighter touch that causes just the right amount of pressure for that energy to build within that system. And one thing I'll also be very clear about is it's easy to watch this happening and think that the facilitator is actually causing the movement and breath response. When in fact, their own brain, the client's own brain is causing that response. So it's like this. I, as a facilitator, have been taught where light switches are in the body. I am not the electricity and I'm not the light that comes from it. But I do go in and flip little switches in someone's body. Then their prefrontal cortex or higher brain turns on and that entire movement and breath that you see is actually their own brain and a mechanism of their own brain. Wow. So does that mean that the frontal brain itself is living in the moment and um, is thinking in the present instead of in the past? Uh, The way I would answer that is yes. And it's a multifaceted question, kind of, because that part of the brain is really the final frontier of our brain. Our whole brain is really a a mystery to a lot of scientists. We've figured out a lot, but there's still a lot to be figured out with it. And the prefrontal cortex is the most complex part of our brain. It's also the the newest evolutionary part. So it just has kind of emerged on the scene for us as a species. And so what they have found is, one way we one thing we do know is that consciousness and high states of consciousness or present moment living or mindfulness or connection or purpose or uh, enlightenment type experiences um, those are all intrinsically linked to the physiology of the prefrontal cortex or higher brain and the reason they know this is because the Dalai Lama there was a study done at the University of Wisconsin where the Dalai Lama went to a prominent researcher there and said look I know that my monks, something is happening in their brain when they reach these really high consciousness states, these enlightenment-type states. 
And he said, I'd love for you to measure what's happening in them. And so he, the Dalai Lama hand-selected about eight of these really high-end Tibetan meditators. And they went to the University of Wisconsin, and they strapped themselves up to EEG and functional MRI and these different things. And they went into these extremely deep meditative states and these really high consciousness states. And what they found is that there was a complete shift in brain dominance and activity into the prefrontal cortex of the brain. Shifts that were so profound because they're not seen in normal humans. We're seeing, you know, three, four, five standard deviations above the norm in that area of the brain, which is akin to the high consciousness states that these these Buddhist monks are in while meditating. So they're in these the highest consciousness states that most people can hit on earth. And what is happening with their biology is that their prefrontal cortex is lighting up. Well, that exact same thing, we have started doing a massive amount of research with our own clients. And what we're finding is huge shifts in activity into the prefrontal cortex. And you can see some of these, these research findings at the presentation I'm going to be doing. And so we are lighting up the brain the same way and in the, it, it, almost to the same degree that these Buddhist monks are. But here's the kicker. The Buddhist monks, it takes an average of 30 years of four hours a day for them to get this prefrontal cortex activity and start accessing these states of consciousness. With our clients, we're seeing the same brainwave patterns, virtually the same, in just under 22 weeks. Wow. And so it's happening at, at much faster. And so we're creating a very fertile environment through the physiology turning on for a high, high-end consciousness experience. Now, after the 22 uh, treatments, is a, does the person have to come back for like maintenance or uh, to create this the higher brain to to be lit up uh, from that time on, or does that sustain it for forever? That's a great question. So the 22-step process is designed to facilitate permanent sustainable change in your life. At the fourth session through that process, we actually teach all of our clients how to self-engage their own higher brain. So they literally have a tool that becomes completely invaluable the rest of their life because they can turn on their prefrontal cortex and change their state in virtually an instant. And so but it's not as powerful as a facilitated session. And so when people hit the 22 session mark, the vast majority of them are going to be able to permanently sustain everything that has changed in their life. Now, that being said, when somebody comes into our program, which is a personal growth and development program, they, they start to uh, have an evolutionary or a trajectory in their life that starts to go way up very fast. That's what we see in the majority of people. So when they hit a 22 session ending, so to speak, they're always allowed to continue if they want to, because a lot of people want to, because they've never felt this level of growth in their life before. And as we know, as evolutionary beings, there is no cap on where we can go and what we can become. And so this helps facilitate propelling them into that territory further and further and further. But they can permanently sustain what they've gained so far to that point. So it's always open to gain more. Absolutely. 
Now, can you explain to our listeners how the lower primitive brain gets in our way? Yes. So throughout mankind, we we were thrown into the material world uh, a long, long time ago. And it makes a lot of sense that the very first part of our brain to develop was the survival or reptilian portion of our brain. The environment was very predator-rich back then, and it makes a lot of sense to stay alive in a predator-rich environment. But where we're at in our evolution now, we're looking to find our happiness, our joy, our purpose, our meaning. We're looking to thrive in the world. But we can't find our happiness unless we're alive to find it, right? We can't find our purpose unless we're alive to find it. So it makes sense that this lower or primitive part of our brain developed first. And so this part of our brain developed to try to keep us alive, which it did very well, and it's the reason we're all here being able to have this conversation right now. And so what I don't want people thinking is that we're demonizing this part of the brain. We're actually thanking it for its service, but we're transcending it now and not letting it be in control anymore. And so what the lower brain does is it looks out into your environment and it analyzes risk. And it does all of this below the conscious threshold, which means you're not aware that it's doing and thinking the things it's it's thinking. And be glad it's not because it's constantly almost in a state of hyper-anxiety about your environment. It's worrying about every little thing out there. And it's making little decisions physiologically for you. So the issue with this is that the lower brain actually controls the stress response. And the stress response we know through research actually degrades and wears on our system over time, and it pulls us into ill health and dis-ease. And so out of your conscious awareness, your lower brain is making survival instinct decisions for you via the stress response that hijack blood flow, energy, oxygen, and metabolism from other parts of the body. So here's an example. You step out in front of a bus in the street. You don't have to think in your brain, oh, quick jerk out of the way and give me some adrenaline rush and turn on my adrenaline glands and get me out of there. It it just does all of that instinctually because that part of your brain already saw that coming a mile away because it's analyzing for that below the conscious threshold. And so it's every time, though, that it makes a decision and diverts energy or blood flow to something, it has to pull it from somewhere else. And so the main key in all of this is that that lower part of our brain makes all of its decisions based on the logic of sameness equaling safety. Now, that's really important. So that part of the brain, it's analyzing risk, And it's making all these decisions. Well, it's making them based on perpetuating sameness in your life. And what I mean by that is that part of your brain, if you wake up in the morning, even if the previous day was the worst day of your life emotionally, worst day of your life, if you woke up alive, that part of your brain says, success, duplicate whatever we did yesterday because you're alive. And that's what we need to do again. And so you can see how this kind of thinking that this part of your brain does has infected everything in our lives. For instance, in relationships, right? The faces keep changing in people's lives, but the same junk keeps coming up over and over and over like it's a habit or something. It's because that lower brain wants to create sameness, you back into the exact same patterns and cycles that you've always lived because 
you're still alive. So it thinks that's serving you. But in actuality, it's not. And at this stage of the game in our evolution, it is time to transcend that. And that is one of the most beautiful things about the higher brain living technique is it not only turns on the prefrontal cortex or higher brain, but it relinquishes the hold, the grip of that fear-based lower brain. Well, I can see how this could help an athlete. For an example, a tennis player, let's say they made a couple big mistakes. So the lower brain sends all this stuff to the body and it's not working as well. And so you just do the same mistakes again. But if you could get up into the higher brain, it would just make every play... Uh, one of its own. Is that how, is that how it would work? Theoretically, you're correct. But what's interesting about this work is that, let me be clear about this, it is really not positioned as a therapeutic or healing modality. It's positioned as a personal growth and transformation system. Now, we don't negate that it has really powerful healing and therapeutic benefits because it does. But we don't lead with that. People don't come in here to get better at their sports or to um, uh, fix their bad back, or pains in their back or something. What we do is we get them into their high state, their most evolved state of consciousness, and then we start getting them moving forward in their life, in the life they've always wanted to live. And we find that things like that start to change because the old state of consciousness they were in begins to fade and dissipate. And all of those ailments of that old state of consciousness go with it. And so the other thing that we know is that when the prefrontal cortex lights up, there are certain hallmarks in what happens, but it's unique to every individual what actually plays out in their life. So a tennis player could come in and say, I really want to access the the highest, most evolved part of my brain, because I hope it will make me better at tennis. And it may or may not. When they start accessing that highest consciousness part of themselves, they may find out that they were never meant to play tennis. (laughs) They may may take a whole new career. We never know what's going to happen with people, but we always know it leads them to positive life shifts. So it sounds like a little bit like this is kind of like autonomy um, you know, hitting back into the regular processing that people do on a daily basis. And maybe the higher brain is um, up for renewal, up, you know, for looking at things in a new format and this kind of thing. Absolutely. What The perspective of the lower brain is that it just wants to perpetuate sameness and it yeah. wants to keep us comfortable. What the higher brain wants is it wants to, it knows the deepest aspect of us. And that is that we are evolutionary beings in a constant state of becoming. There is no stagnant, comfortable place that we can just sit and everything will be fine. We have to keep moving, keep doing, keep being differently in the world. We have to keep changing. And it, it is seated in that understanding because that's more of who we really are at, at our fundamental base. And so living from that perspective, it constantly wants to drive us forward and change us and change the world. Now, when I, you did your research, did you find that you could actually see the neuropathways 
changing? Was there anything that you could visually see when the research was done, say, with the Tibetan monks or or any other um, research that you've done that you can physically see where um, this was expanded? The only way that we see that currently is through EEG um, wavelength signatures of alpha, beta, gamma wavelengths in the brain. And then you can see where that's happening in the brain. But we do know, we've all heard the term, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's the, sole, it's the sole reason that astronauts have to work out the majority of their time in space, because without the gravity working against their muscles, their muscles will start to atrophy and go away. So we know that if we continue activity in a specific part of our body, i.e. a muscle or the brain, that it will actually build it stronger and utilize it more. And so what we know, seeing the EEG research we've done and what's been done with those monks, is that it, by default, having this level of activity there will create new neural pathways into that area. Wow. And they'll stay there? The pathways will stay there? Well, that's the, that's the interesting thing. The brain <laughs> rewires itself all of the time. We know this through neuroplasticity, right? So, yeah. again, I go back to if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, we are purpose-driven individuals now. And if we access high states of consciousness, but we don't act upon it and act upon it regularly, the universe and our body will say, well, then why do we need it? And it will start to back out of that area. So we need to constantly not only turn it on, but start living from it as our normal state of being in order to solidify it for mankind. If people um, live basically from their stress line, um, I, I guess they are unable to see any anything else different because it consumes them. So does this take over? Does this, does this um, create um, that aha in someone's brain to go, wow, I like this better so that they can understand they're willing to release this other state of being? Right, yes. A, a good way for me to describe that um, aha moments are not guaranteed, but they're virtually guaranteed with this process. And so here's how I would describe it, and I'll describe it in kind of a story format. So imagine you've been standing at the bank of a river your whole life, and your sole goal has been, wow, I really want to swim across this river, but this river has a very fast current, and it's quite large. And so you deduced from the perspective that you can see, you've deduced that you, you look left, you look right, there are no bridges. And so you've deduced, you know what, I better get really good at swimming. And if I get really good at swimming, I can beat this current, I can get across and, and continue on with what I want to do. And so you start practicing swimming over and over and over to be able to be stronger than that current. Well, what higher brain living does, imagine a helicopter comes down takes you into it, and then rises up 10,000 feet in the air. At that point and that vantage place and that perspective, you can see much, much further in your environment. And from, imagine from that higher 10,000-foot space, you can see further down the river and you do see a bridge from that perspective. And now you come back 
to the bank of the river where you've lived your life, and you have a decision to make. You now know that there's a bridge to your right, but you've devoted your whole life to learning how to swim to get across this river. Most people at that are going to take the clarity of that higher, more evolved um, consciousness and space and just walk down to that bridge. And that's the kind of aha moments or changes we see in people's lives, in how they navigate their entire lives. Things that it's were there like the people, entire time. Yeah, it almost visible. seems like people become visionaries. Right. Yes. They, they, what they become is the compelling architects of their own life, and they know it at their deepest levels. It's no, they no longer feel like a victim or at the, the whim and tide of that lower brain, unconscious, habituated stuff. Now, have you seen CEOs of large companies take this course and um, really get ahas? Well, that's a, that's a good question. The main reason I'm doing the presentation that I'm doing out there is because there are currently, this has only been available to be trained in since 2012. There are currently less than 200 people in the whole world trained in this technique. That is nowhere near enough people. What higher brain living is ultimately about is facilitating a shift in consciousness for the globe by lighting up the part of the brain responsible for that consciousness in individual. And we know that we can affect a shift in our species consciousness if just enough people upgrade into that part of the brain. Well, we need many more people trained in this. And so I go around and I find through these presentations people who would, are interested and would like to enroll in our training. And that's what that presentation is going to be about. At that presentation, you'll learn all about higher brain living. You'll see two live demonstrations on actual clients. And then you'll learn about our training program. And then you can choose to pursue it or not. That'll be up to you. And so this leads me back to have CEOs or COOs or whatever C-level people laid on our tables. Well, at this point, our reach is very small because there's not many of us out there. But there have been some prominent and powerful people. I have a center that offers this work, Higher Brain Living, in Minneapolis. And we, ha we have a vice president of uh, a health organization as one of our clients. We had the director of the Child's Neuropathy Foundation as one of our clients. And both of them found this work so profound and life-changing that they've started talking about it with all of their colleagues, and it's completely changed their life personally and in their work. So, yes, I would say those things are starting to happen, but obviously we want that to happen a lot more and a lot quicker. Well, I could see how this could really help mankind as a whole. Absolutely. Imagine, imagine making decisions from this most evolved part instead of out of fear and out of habituated pattern and out of lack, right? I mean, the, just, the, just the relationships that would be formed with our fellow brethren of man would be totally different. It's a very exciting time to be alive. Have children entered your um, study at all? Yes. Um, well, currently, when you get trained in this, you get to decide who you'd like to see for your client base. 
And so I personally have not seen children, but you can absolutely see children with this work. And there's a few facilitators that I know of that have seen quite a bit, a, a, a quite high amount of children. One of them is in Hudson, Wisconsin, and the other one is in Connecticut. And they've been working with children and especially children with um, slight autism or ADHD. And what um, it's actually Dr. Adam Briner in Connecticut. He's been following this and doing some brain research on this because he has EEG equipment. And he went so far as to say that the findings he's getting with the children with ADHD, that higher brain living should possibly be required before someone is given um, medication for ADHD because he's yeah. seeing such massive positive benefits out of it. Now, the, the last thing I want to say is that the, pre the brain itself, as we grow from an infant, does not fully form until we're in our mid to late 20s. And so the prefrontal cortex itself does not fully and, and, and be solid in itself until about that time. So when you do um, kids with this process, you wouldn't necessarily have them do the guidebook portion especially if they're below a certain um, age, because they just wouldn't understand what a hot spot in their life is and how to clear that up or things like that, because they really don't have them as children yet. But it really helps with not having that child grow up with ingrained lower brain patterns in there. Do they see an actual um, immediate response when they work with children or even, even in a, an adult um, is there the first time around? Is there um, a response that people go, "Wow, I, you know, I, I'm, I understand," or they get a glimpse of what's going on? Yep, absolutely. In the first session, people will feel that involuntary breath response happen in them, and this entire thing grows and builds over time, and that's why it's 22 sessions. And so from the first session, they'll feel this completely amazing involuntary response. Now, the experience associated with that, I don't know. Each person is very different. Some people may just feel relaxed. Other people may feel heightened states of clarity and peace. Other people might be propelled into feelings of oneness or uh, high consciousness or enlightenment type states. And it varies for every individual. But through the process, this all builds on top of itself and creates further and further permanent sustainable change and neural pathways into that prefrontal cortex. Now, have any of your facilitators worked with addictions? I mean, like drug addiction. I would think that this would be very helpful in that. Yeah, in fact, um, th the only thing about that is, again, we are so new. So there's been a couple people here and there that people have worked with, but nothing substantial and nothing that we could say we've researched. Because, again, this isn't positioned as a therapeutic modality or a healing modality. So people don't come to us to cure their addiction. They come to us to actualize their potential and access the most evolved part of their brain. But by default, that does tend to lend itself to overcoming addiction because they're now in a higher consciousness state. And it was really Einstein who said we can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. 
So if the lower brain consciousness has been creating addictive behaviors and bad patterns in our life, well, let's upgrade the consciousness to find a solution to that problem. And so that's what we find happening in people with addictions. They move into a higher state of consciousness, and instead of just mitigating or dealing with their old addictions and habituated patterns, they start to find solutions to them. And Yeah, instead of walking in a robot fashion and having repetitive um, bonses, then it opens up a complete area where people can rethink and that area rejuvenates in. This is, wow. Really yeah, amazing. absolutely. And I would think it would help depression. I think uh, one of the testimonials on your website was a lady that said that she was at a point where she couldn't leave her house. And that yep. this really helped her. Yeah, that's, so, it's really interesting. Um, this has really helped people. Um with depression and with <clears throat> anxiety issues and things of that nature. What we always recommend is people go through this, especially if they're on um, psychiatric medication, is to consult with their doctor if they feel, because we've had a lot of people go through this that are, that are in those, in, on those medications say, I'm going to go off my medication because I'm starting to feel actually better on my own. And we say, don't, don't do that without your doctor's supervision, and then go forward with it if they think it's okay. And there's been a lot of people that I know of who have gotten completely off medication and never gone back on. People who are on medications for like 20 years and go off of them because they've now tapped into the part of the brain that's accessing all of their innate health and wisdom and starting to actualize it and manifest it in their life. Yeah, because the pills are like Band-Aids. And, and actually right. the pills keep people from actually uh, enjoying life to its most. I mean, it just keeps them at a sub-level. So uh, this would be wonderful if, you know, it could help people get off their meds. Zach, Absolutely. why don't we give out your website at this point? It's uh, higherbrainliving.com. And um, if someone wanted to attend the um, uh, event in San Francisco um, on the 27th, how would they do that? Because you said people need to RSVP in advance yep. for, for it to be free. So um, yep. tell us what to do. So, okay. So it's being held at the Hilton San Francisco Bayfront, which is right by the uh, – just a little bit south of the airport. And it's being held on Monday, April 27th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. It is free if people register ahead of time. And they do that at higherbrainlivingevents.com slash CA for California. So, again, that's higherbrainlivingevents.com slash CA. And on that page, they'll see all the information we've covered and they'll, it'll go into a little bit more, and they'll be able to register and uh, save their seat at this event. That's great. Okay. I'll make sure that... I was going to say, do you have, at this point in time, do you have very many facilitators in California? There are a handful. And the way, if anybody's interested, so again, I'll reiterate that the reason I, I do a limited number of these talks around the country and in Canada in a year. 
It's about 10 of them, and it's the way we fill our annual training. And that is the main reason I'm coming out there. If you are interested in possibly learning this technique, come to my event. <clears throat> if you are interested only in receiving sessions and you have zero interest in possibly learning it, then you can go to our website. You'll click on, you'll go to higherbrainliving.com and you'll click on the find a facilitator tab at the top. After that, you'll click a button that says start your journey and then you will pick out of the states that there are in the United States. You'll click on California and it will show you the names and the um, contact info and where they're located for everybody in California. Great. great. And if you can't make the event, the website uh, shows exactly how it works and there's great information on the website for someone that just is interested in see, finding more about it. Yeah. Yes, there's a, there, there is a bunch of information on our website, absolutely. Zach, is there anything that we haven't covered that you really want to talk about? Um, because this well, sounds like it's really so in-depth. Go ahead. Yes, I mean, there's a lot that higher brain living – there's a lot more to this than just a technique. The technique is revolutionary and completely amazing. But what this really is at the deepest levels is a movement. And what we are here doing collectively is trying to get humanity into a higher state of consciousness by lighting up the part of the brain responsible for it. And we know that when a critical mass is reached, which has been, um, uh, theorized as roughly 1% of the population that we will have what's called a hundredth monkey kind of shift. And that will catalyze mankind into evolving much more quickly. And the reason we have a kind of a, a movement or sense of urgency behind this work is because there, we as a species, the vastly complex problems facing us right now, we are hitting a cognitive threshold with our current state of consciousness. We cannot find solutions right now. We are mitigating ourselves into extinction, and it's failing all around us. And so we need, we literally need, as a civilization and as a species, to upgrade our consciousness to find solutions to the vastly complex problems facing us. And we believe that higher brain living is a vehicle, a very fast vehicle to actually facilitate this shift in individuals and eventually our entire species. So this is much more for me personally than just I learned a technique and I individually help people find out who they are and change their lives. For me, it's almost a mission for mankind as a whole. Now, do you have a... a an example or of someone that uh, used this I mean they went through the program and they came they came up with a solution that was very important to mankind well <laughs> yeah you know what's interesting is I don't know I don't know of anybody who's gone through this program and has had the kind of uh, sol- uh, what you call um, cognitive um, understanding or new thought process that has produced massive 
um, very glaringly obvious solution. But what it does is it shifts us so permanently into a higher state of being that just us being in the world in that capacity means we make every decision differently. We structure our lives differently. This affects ripples of change throughout our communities and through everyone we talk to. And so it starts that way. But I do know that as we start to near that that um, tipping point, so to speak, in humanity, that those kinds of experiences and solutions are going to literally blast out of the gate. And so I think that's coming to that degree. In fact, I don't think it's, I know it's coming. It's just a matter of getting enough people in their higher brains to push through as a species. I know we have so much to push through right now. <laughs> I know. Zach, I, <laughs> I wonder I know, how this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is, we by no means say that we're the only way or we're the best either. What we do know is that we have a very powerful technique that facilitates what I'm talking about. And so we always ask because this is really where we're at in the world and in our evolution. If not now, when? And if not you, who? And if not this, what? Really contemplate those questions because nobody is going to come and save us or save you. We are the architects of our own saving. And so if it's not this with higher brain living, go find whatever it is and do it, please. Don't (laughs) continue to wait in habituated patterns. We don't have time for it anymore. Yeah. Wow. Um, I have a question. Uh, A couple of people might um, want this question to be asked. And what if someone has bipolar? um, And I I guess you consider that a disease um, Mm -hmm. or a dysfunction. um, Mm -hmm. But even diseases like even Parkinson's or any other kind of health issues like that where you're dealing with the neurons. Uh, Can you... um, can you do you have anyone that's had any problem like that at all? Yes, we have had clients that have had both bipolar and Parkinson's actually. It's interesting you bring both of those up. Um although and again, although this is not designed to treat those things, um those people it became very clear to them before we took them as clients that they should not be coming into higher brain living looking to cure or treat those things. But that being said, they may reap some beneficial things in those arenas, but not to um, glomp onto that as their main and only outcome because it's not built to do that. And in those scenarios, people have always had positive effects. Um, we We have a person that's a current client with Parkinson's that their tremors have gone down by about 50%. Um, which is huge. Um, The other, the uh, bipolar, we've had a few people with um, bipolar type um, mental illnesses. And those are the people I was referring to earlier that either drastically reduced the amount of medications they were on or went off of them completely and are perfectly fine. And plus you said that you had a doctor uh, that worked at neuropathy. The doctor must have seen where there was possibilities for that. Yeah, what happened with him was very interesting. So he came in just looking for his own personal growth and evolution. 
And he himself um, had had a very aggressive battle with, and he, through the radiation treatments, had developed neuropathy in his own legs that he had had for about six and a half years prior to coming in for higher brain living. And so he, it was so bad, his neuropathy, that he actually had to sleep with the lights on because when he got up at night to use the restroom or things like that, he would actually run into stuff and fall over because he couldn't feel where he was stepping. So he had to see where he was stepping. Now he comes into higher brain living and he's not expecting to, to um, he's not coming in to cure or help his neuropathy. He's coming in for his own personal growth and evolution. After two 45-minute sessions, the neuropathy in his legs that he's had for six and a half years goes away permanently and has never come back. And so he, we, we never could have told him that that was going to happen because we don't know if that's going to happen. But what we do know is when we start turning on that part of the brain in people, it has massive ramifications in all areas of their life, one of them being healing and therapeutic benefits in those arenas. So, yes, he saw the benefit of this, and I think he's currently, because it is so unique, new, and strange-looking, he's trying to figure out a way to package it to start telling more people about it. Because you, you can sound kind of goofy and loony in the modern world when you start saying, yeah, well, you go in and they touch you and your brain turns on, and then you move involuntarily and it changes your life. <laughs> and people are like, what? <laughs> Well, you know what, I guess it's pretty interesting because what happens is, is that, you know, um, the brain actually allows that person to relax and go out of autonomy. And so, you know, it's fearful if you're falling down. Um, It's a stress mode continuously. So, you know, maybe that's the good part about all of this, it's relieving that aspect and allowing people to see a new frontier. <laughs> oh, absolutely. One of the main one of the main first effects of switching into your higher brain is that stress and fear are drastically lowered very quickly. And in my own case, my stress levels, which I was already not that stressed out of a guy, or at least I thought my stress levels went down so low that I truly believe that my cortisol levels, which are part of stress, went and dropped so markedly, I lost 25 to 30 pounds without even trying within two months. Wow. Just from the loss of stress. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, stress uh, is the, the, uh, the number one thing that causes disease. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Zach, let's tell people the, about the website again, <clears throat> because yep. we're unfortunately we don't have a whole lot of time left here. But the sure. website, <clears throat> excuse me, the website is higherbrainliving.com, and if you want to register for this upcoming event in San Francisco on the April the twenty seventh. And it will be located at um, the San Francisco Bayfront Hilton. Um, and uh, let's see. And to register for the event, you go to higherbrainlivingevents.com forward slash CA. And, again, if you um, head to um, 
I, I suspect you have this on your website as well, but we'll have it on our website too for you, Zach. Uh, it's you know it's been a real joy having you with us. My goodness. Right. I would yeah. I would say for people that live in the San Francisco Bay Area or within driving distance, this is something that they should attend because you you're not being you won't be in California very often. It sounds like. Yeah. No, in fact, this is the last time we're going to be in California prior to our uh, training in July. So I'm actually doing Vancouver the week before San Mateo. So I'm doing Vancouver, and then I'm coming to San Mateo, San Francisco, and then that's the, the really the last presentation in that area. Okay. So like, hop, hop on it if you want to. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Well, it's a free event, don't forget. So don't forget to register if you want to want to attend. And yeah, um yeah. Oh, I couldn't understand why no one would want to attend. <laughs> Zach, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Uh Zach Polspis, uh Higher Brain Living National Director of Expansion. You have um blessed us with your information today and thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. It's been really great being here. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. You too. You're listening to ninety one point five FM KKU.